friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So guys, this is our last Girls' Night episode of the year. Can you believe it? I feel like this year went so fast. But I don't want you to worry at all because we will be back for another season of Girls' Nights in January. But since the holidays are coming up and since this is our last episode for the year, I knew we had to do something special for it. We have a very special guest for today's episode and it's Carl's mom, my mother-in-law, the one and only Kathy Wilson. Now here's what you need to know about Kathy before we dive in. She basically invented Pinterest. Okay, that's not exactly true, not specifically anyway, but if you've ever been to her house, you really feel like she did. She has this unbelievable gift for hosting people, for creating a comfortable, inspiring, nurturing home that I seriously have to drag myself away from after staying with her for a few days. I'm serious, especially after holidays, after we've been there for a few days, it's all I can do to not beg her to let me live in her basement. Her house is just so much cozier than mine. Well, anyway, in today's episode, she's going to be sharing with us all of her secrets. She's going to be teaching us how to make our house feel like a home with a nurturing, inviting ambiance, how to decorate our homes without breaking our budgets, Um, yes to that, how to make our homes feel warm and inviting for guests, actually doable tricks to being a really great hostess, and how to make friends today that we will still be friends with in 30 years. I'm so excited for you to get to hear from her. But before we dive in, a super, super quick reminder. Last week, I told you that we have been working hard behind the scenes, creating some official Girls' Night gear. Guys, we've been making sweatshirts and t-shirts and mugs and more that are all inspired by our wonderful Girls' Night community, and we created them to be the perfect gifts for the women in your life. All of our brand new merch was designed by my sweet husband, Carl. Speaking of his mom, they were all designed by Carl, and everything is going to be available starting on Black Friday. But you guys, make sure to check out my shop that day because we have a super limited quantity of everything and I want to make sure you get to pick up your gifts before everything sells out. The other thing I wanted to say is I know we have women listen to our shows at all times of the year. So you may be listening to this and it may be like summer outside, which is totally hard to imagine right now, but go ahead to my shop anyway. It's smaywilsonshop.com because we're going to have really fun things in the shop all year long and I cannot wait to share it with you. Okay, you guys ready? Let's dive in. Here's my conversation with my mother-in-law, the hostess with the mostess, Kathy Wilson. Okay, friends, I'm so excited for who we have on the show today. This is unprecedented, I feel like, and I've been so excited for this for a really long time. Today on the podcast, we have my mother-in-law, Kathy Wilson. Kathy, thank you for being here. <laughs> my pleasure, Steph. I feel like we have to be honest about that though. Kath, I've been asking you for like, we'll be generous and say three months, but I think there's a possibility it's been like six. (laughs) We had to really, really talk you into being here. Not because you didn't want to be, but because podcasts are scary a little bit. Podcasts are scary. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I totally ditched you and you sent me little calendar things to pick dates and I just didn't answer for a long time. I'm I'm sorry. Well, um, I was persistent because, and it was funny. I was telling one of my girlfriends that we were going to have you on and 
she was like, you need to follow up with her. Like we need to have Kathy on the podcast. And so my (laughs) girlfriends have been clamoring for Kathy on the podcast. And so you guys, I fought for it. I was, I was persistent, borderline obnoxious, and here we are. And you're going to be thrilled. So your wishes come are coming true. Your podcast wishes. I'm When we had Carl on, he's the only guy who's ever been on Girls' Night. But um, we were, you know, we kept talking about like give the people what they want. And anyway, so <laughs> so give, we're giving the people what they want. So Kathy, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and I want to hear a fun fact about you. And I have not one clue what you're going to say. And you could pick all kinds of things. This is maybe a little dangerous. <laughs> Because I mean, you have fun facts about Carl, about me, about, I mean, all kinds of things. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Well, okay. Who I am, Kathy, Stephanie, I'm your (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law. That's who I am. I'm Carl's mom. Um, that's, that's easy one. I, what do I do? I am a retired nurse. Now I hang out at home with my husband and my dog and you guys and my sweet fam when they're in town. And I, the only fun fact I could come up with that I thought was, you didn't know maybe because you haven't experienced this (laughs) wonderful trait of mine is that I know all of the words to the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. And I would be glad to perform it for you (laughs) at any point. I think that movie came out like when I was in middle school or something. I had the big old album and I probably listened to that thing 4,000 times. And so I still know all the words to all the songs. It's That's kind of really impressive. I, I mean, we, <laughs> at, at, at Easter, we have blown to, away. <laughs> we, I'm totally blown away. At Easter, we've talked about needing to watch that, but we've never watched it together. And actually when they did the live one this last year, it was the first time I watched it. And I think Carl did say something about it being like your favorite musical, or at least the one that you know the best or something. But I, I mean, I didn't know that you could fully perform it for me on command, but I'm thrilled to know that. (laughs) Easter is coming up. Easter is coming up. I'll practice a little. Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like you don't need it. Um, Okay. Well, Kath, I'm so thrilled to have you here and you know, I'm, I'm excited for for you to get to be here for several reasons. And one of them is that I dragged you, invited you, dragged slash invited you to a conference with me a couple of years ago. And it was so fun getting to go together. And I remember you talking about like, you know, I love that we as women of all ages are investing in each other, but you were saying like, I wish that there were more opportunities for, in, for there to be like intergenerational mentorship. And, mm-hmm. um, like we need, all of us need to be hearing from women who are ahead of us in life. And I've had that great honor and pleasure in my life of getting to learn from you in all different kinds of ways. And, and so I just, that, that kind of stuck in my head. And I, I kept thinking like there, we need to make space for this. And then there also are, you know, so this episode's going to be coming out right before Thanksgiving, which is fun. And I felt like, you know, to wrap up 
uh, season four, the perfect thing for us to be able to talk about is, is creating spaces for ourselves and creating homes for ourselves and, and, um, how to host the people we love and how to also, you know, some of the, one of the things we talk about a lot around here is how to make friends and why that's so important. But I feel like something I've gotten to see from you and from Carl's dad, your husband, Rob, is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that guy, <laughs> that guy, um, my father-in-law, um, is what it looks like when, like what, what our investment now can look like 30 years from now, um, or 20 years from now. And, you know, there's that quote that says a year from now, you'll wish you'd started today. And I feel like I've gotten to see why I'm so glad I've started today in y'all's life. Um, and so we're going to talk about all those things, but really what people should know, first Yikes. of all, before <laughs> not to, not to set you up. Well, I'm about to do it more. So what people should know about you, and this is a little hard to do on a podcast is that we're pretty sure that Kathy invented Pinterest. Um, she's like the hostess with the mostest. Uh, she is an amazing cook. Um, her house is like the coziest, most smell goody nurturing place ever. Um, and so it's a little hard cause we can't, I mean, we'll have to, sh- I'll have to show you, um, we'll do an Instagram story. I'll give you like a tour or something, but, um, <laughs> but a little behind the scenes, but Kath, really one of the things that I love the most about you that I've learned so much from is you really do create spaces that are so nurturing. Um, you have this way of making your home a place that's inviting both for the people who live in it, but also for people to come into. And so, um, that's why I'm so excited to have you here. And I feel like this is the perfect thing to talk about as we're leading up to Thanksgiving. And so I want to just hear to kind of kick things off. What are some things as we're moving into our houses, as we are making our dorm or our apartment or our first home or our house, we just moved into as we're, we're sort of making a space for ourselves. What are a few like practical tangible things we can do to make our homes feel homey and inviting and nurturing? Gosh, you know, everybody's different. I think what's homey and inviting and nurturing to me may not be for somebody else, but I am a kind of a clean person. So I got to think I, one of my biggest pieces of advice be clean your dang house. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Keep it, keep it clean. I think it's just, um, as far as inviting people in, it's much nicer to go into somebody's house when you're not sitting down in a couch covered with dog hair or, you know, that smells kind of weird or, you know, and I think it's just, it's a matter of cleaning. And I don't, that sounds so basic, but it's interesting when I go in other people's houses, I usually am pretty relaxed and I don't pick apart other people's houses, but I do notice if, if it's, there's no place to sit, you know, cause there's so much clutter. And so there's, there's two kinds of clean. And when I say clean your dang house, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's cleaning, which is tidying, getting rid of, um, messes, putting things where they belong and just being tidy. And then there's the cleaning where I mean like scrubbing getting rid of dirt and dust and dog hair and stuff like that. And I think it's just do 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. If you just did a little something every day and you kept it up, um, it wouldn't be so awful when you finally said, Oh man, I got to clean my house because <laughs> somebody's coming over. Then, then it's like a, a weekend project. You know, if you do a little bit every time, all the time, then I think you, you would feel better. You will like your house your home better. Um, you'll feel more comfortable and definitely you'll feel more comfortable inviting people into your, your space. And you can be spontaneous because you know, everything's pretty clean. So that would be one of my things. 
keep it clean. We've talked about (laughs) somewhere along the line, I heard somebody or read somebody that said, have something living in every room of your house. Well, maybe not like your laundry room, but um, (laughs) a plant or some cut flowers or a flowering plant or uh, even a bowl of fruit or I count candles. They're not living things, but they're kind of add a little something to the room fountain, you know, that feng shui kind of stuff, a goldfish. I loved having that fish on my desk and I don't have them anymore, but oh, I'm going to get another one. Yeah. You guys had a, some fish when you got married, didn't you? Oh my gosh. RIP. Yeah. They lasted like three weeks into our marriage before one of them disappeared and one of them died from a tragic bladder infection or something like that. What? <laughs> how did you, how did you diagnose that? <laughs> it couldn't stay down. It like was like oh. flipped upside down and couldn't like oh, keep himself down. Yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a swim bladder situation. They were very cute, but yeah. Jay-Z we, and didn't you name him? Like Jay-Z Beyonce. And Beyonce. Yeah. Because Carl yeah. had Beyonce in his old house. And so when we moved to Nashville, he had all the fish from his old house because his roommates didn't want them in a bucket and he drove it like them in a bucket in the U-Haul to Nashville. And the only one that survived, <laughs> we named Beyonce. <laughs> survivor and then we got this really oh. cute like goldfish that kind of like shook his little his little tail to I mean he was very cute and we named him Beyonce I mean we named him Jay-Z to match Beyonce anyway they didn't last very long in our marriage and that was the last time we had pets so all right well fortunately yes. goldfish are like 50 cents That's you know to buy. it wasn't a big investment <laughs> and you probably were emotionally that connected but it would be, you would be surprised at how, see how much, like you have a great story to tell there because you're fish. I don't know. Something living. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of keeps you in company, even though you don't <laughs> talk or, you know, anything. But, um, I would say I'm a big fan and you know, this of, of plants <laughs> of, yeah. and I have a black thumb. I am not a good plant grower, but somehow I've managed to keep these alive. And get a plant get a big plant. I think don't go to the nursery, some fancy schmancy nursery, go to the hardware store and get a big old, you know, plant for 12 bucks and get a cute pot and put it in there. And there's also something about nurturing and caring for another living thing that I think is good for all of us, whether it's a goldfish or a plant, cut flowers are great, but don't buy roses, you know, get some flowers like daisies or something that last two weeks. Yeah. Um, and, um, and a, or a flowering plant lasts longer or go out at night and <laughs> the dark and cut branches off your neighbor's trees <laughs> and put them in little vases that you get from Goodwill on your coffee table. And you would be surprised. Wouldn't you Steph? I don't think I've ever cut them from my neighbor's yard. Have I? You did it. Oh, I thought you cut them off your neighbor's bushes. Remember when you did that though, you just went and got some green things out of the yard. Okay. It wasn't your neighbor, maybe (laughs) in the dark (laughs) and you put them on your coffee table, but it made a, just having that green thing there was just I mean, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Something to the table. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I feel like something I've seen you do too is, and this I never would have thought about this way when it comes to like making a house feel cozy is your senses other than sight. You know, like I think we're really big about, or we think it's supposed to look really good, 
But I, I think the thing that makes your house so special is that it smells good and it's the blankets are soft and the pillows are soft. And like, you mm. think about the, like, you know, you get a rug, well, don't get the itchy one. See if you can find one that you like the way it looks, but it also is soft on your feet. And mm. I feel like I've tried to do that copying you in our house. And I'm just, I'm always so like thrilled with how, like when something like the rug feels soft on my feet, you know, I just feel like I've noticed those things. Did I make that up or did you tell me to do that? No, I'm yeah. I'm big into textures and I feel everything. I'm, I'm always walking down the, even in the clothing store and feeling the, you know, the clothing and stuff. So yeah, I I'm big into textures and I think your basic furniture, when you're buying furniture, some furniture looks really good, but it is not comfortable. So buy comfortable stuff that people want to sit in. We had a dining room set one time that had these hardback, you know, kind of ladder chairs. And, um, one of my biggest loves is to have people around my table. And it it just seems like we end up sitting around the table a lot. And I want, so I got dining room chairs that were more comfortable that were padded and soft because I want people to you know, want to sit for a while and, and chat and hang out around my table. So yeah, buy comfortable, soft, fun stuff. Something um, that I, yeah. I see you do a lot that actually the first time I heard about this was from my mom. Um, but my mom would always say like, I hate overhead lights, like turn the overhead lights off. And mm-hmm. because lamps make all the difference. And I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. just turning off the overhead light and having a couple lamps, just makes the room feel so much cozier and softer. And even, and you're big about this, like having a candle lit that just makes all of the difference. It's like, just the lighting is, is amazing to me in that way. Yeah. I didn't realize how much, I guess I'd never identified the lighting thing, but I was with a friend. We went to another friend's house and she had just built this, a new house. And, um, we visited for a while. And then as we were leaving, my friend Kim said to me, you know, there's just something about, I just didn't love her new house. I said, I know, what is it? And all of her furniture was great. It was all new and everything. And Kim said, it's the lighting. It's, it was the lighting. And that was the first time that I like identified what sometimes that, that feeling is that you get in some places where that has good lighting or bad lighting. And she had these bright overhead lights and it was just kind of harsh and you just didn't feel good. And so I started to pay a lot more attention to lighting after that. And, um, and now, as you know, I have dimmers on almost all of my light switches. And I would say, if you go to the hardware store, buy a dimmer, they're not hard to put in. If you have a simple one switch and one light thing, um, honestly, you read the directions. Um, (laughs) but even the light bulbs that, you know, there are different light bulbs for Petey's sake that make a difference. Some are more glowy than others and some are more for reading and studying. But yeah, light makes, lighting makes a difference. Um, when sure. you and I were together a couple weeks ago and we were talking about how we both are kind of similar in the fact that we're both like big travelers and big adventurers. And that's something you actually didn't say, which I forgot to ask you about when, when you were introducing yourself, but, um, you and Rob and your cute pup forest aren't hanging out at home. You guys have been traveling around the country a lot in a really awesome, cozy, I might add RV, which is just awesome. So you are, you are a big adventurer. I love, I know that you love travel as much as I do, but also we both are really big homebodies. So it's like, we'd rather be 
totally someplace far away or in our pajamas at home. And I remember you saying something that I can't stop thinking about. And I feel this way about my house too, is you were like, I've made this my favorite place. It's all my favorite things are here. It's my favorite place to be. And so I don't like, I don't want to leave. And, and I think that there's something so beautiful about that, that I think for, for so much of my life, like when I would decorate a room or, a you know, in my sorority house or, you know, wherever I lived, I just, didn't think about making my home my favorite place to be. And now it is. And it's so, it's just amazing how, how like, it's just such a, so nice to have such a cozy home base. It, I think it just yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. And we talked about how it's, we're either our favorite place to be is either at home or way far traveling somewhere. <laughs> so like, to get me out of my little, my great nest that I've made here, the lure to, to lure me away has to be something kind of cool, really cool (laughs) for me to get excited about. So that's why it's, it seems like it's kind of an opposite thing that we would love to be far, far away, or we'd love to be at home. But sometimes the, the only thing that competes with my heart or competes with my home and my heart is some really cool place. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I think is so special about having a really like warm, nurturing, cozy place that we love is actually, hang on. I want to back up a little bit because I think one of the, one of the misconceptions I think we have about creating a home that we love is that we have to have an enormous budget. And I didn't, this I'm going to reveal your secret here, which I'm going to have to show people (laughs) around on Instagram. Kathy, your secret is home goods, isn't it? Home goods, goodwill. Yeah. Like, can you give us, so I didn't know the magic of home goods until, until I <laughs> met you. Um, the magic of home goods. <laughs> well, like, ah. And Target. And I mean, it's people, we had friends staying with us and they were like, where's this from? And we're like, Target, where's this from? Yeah. Home goods, Marshalls. I don't know. <laughs> Is, do you have any like tips for finding good things at places like that? Cause it really, truly like all of I feel like all the things that add something extra in your house or that make a, take a house and make it from a house to a home, a lot of those things you find at home goods. So do you have any tips for kind of, so sometimes it takes a little bit of hunting, right? Yeah, it does. You have to go because they change everything all the time. But if you're, if you're looking to like redo your bedroom and you, first of all, go to Pinterest and find some beautiful gorgeous bedrooms, which I think Pinterest can be your friend. It doesn't have to be intimidating and like discouraging, discouraging, make a board, my bedroom board, and then pin all the things that you like. And then look for think trends, go back over your board and look for trends and say, man, I am always pinning white on white bedrooms or something, or, or I'm always pinning bedrooms that are really dark walls, you know, and kind of figure out what you're loving about those rooms. Don't use it as a thing as a, to compare your room to, but use it as a, as a, a way to find your style and then totally, you know, find a room that you love or a couple rooms and totally copy them. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. Just totally plagiarize what some great designer has done, but go to home goods and say, okay, they have a fluffy white comforter go to home goods or target and find a fluffy white comforter They and say, I love that they have all these colorful toss pillows on their go to home goods and target or Walmart or whatever. And just 
buy colorful pillows and Oh, they have a chandelier. You don't have to get the $5,000 chandelier that's in the picture. Go to the hardware store and get the $12 chandelier and put it in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But totally copy. I think that's so refreshing for me because, um, and you know this because we talk about this all the time, but when it comes to style, like clothing or graphic design or home design, I know what I like, but I don't know how to make what I like necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. like I'm not an, I'm not an artist and so in that way. And so I feel like doing that and being like, you know, I recently just started actually looking at like the style, like how to outfits on Pinterest. And I'm like, Oh, I have that. If I put that together, it looks like this. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. idea. And I just, I don't know why I haven't been doing that forever, but it's, it, that's what it's for. It's for inspiration and it's for, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this size pillow looks good with this size pillow. Well, mm-hmm. like it, that's just so freeing for, it's like a recipe <laughs> for someone like me. When we did your, the other thing I would say, when like we did your bookshelves in your house, we went to home goods, we bought a bunch of stuff that was kind of liked and went together, brought it home, picked the stuff that we liked, styled the bookshelves and then returned the stuff that we didn't like. Yes. So feel, you know, buy a variety of stuff, bring it home, throw the toss pillow on and say, nap, not that one. Throw another one on and say, yes, that one. And then take the other ones back. That's also really yeah, freeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, you're not marrying a toss pillow. It's so nice. I feel like yes. I sit in the aisle and I'm like, which one? I can't picture it. Well, yeah, of course. Take it home. Try it out. Yeah. And as far as budget goes, I used to, and still do, but I would go to Goodwill and buy picture frames or, and I found some really cool stuff. Goodwill and a can of spray paint are my friends. <laughs> and I could take anything from Goodwill and spray paint it, whatever I wanted and make something cool. So don't be afraid to get creative too. I really like that. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention that, um, if my, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but my little sister, I feel like would mention this. You have a way of in your house making little sort of vignettes, which are like little scenes like in your house, like kind of, um, thinking about your bookshelf as a place to display lots of different things, making it sort of a piece of art in itself. But you have a way of like taking things that some people would just leave as ordinary and making them extra special. And so the example that my sister would use, which we'll talk about this a little bit later is, um, like at Thanksgiving, you like the morning of Thanksgiving or the morning after or something, you always have like a hot chocolate bar. And instead of just having like Swiss Miss packets or whatever, you would maybe pour the Swiss Miss packets into a cute little jar that you got at home goods, or you would have like buy a couple of those like stir in hot chocolate things from, world market, or, you know, you mm-hmm. put it on a little cute tray with like a little sign or something like that. And it's just these little things that make it so much fun. I feel like my sister, it was like four hot chocolates deep, just like, this is the best. Thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, she was. It's just so fun to take things and making like make them a little, a little extra. And so instead of, if you're going to drink sparkling water, drink it out of a wine glass, or if you're going to, you know, yeah, make fizzy water, which we do all the time, like put some fruit in it and put it, yeah, put it in a cute glass or just little, I feel like you're really good at, at doing these little extra things that, that we can do just like little small ways of making things a little bit more fun and a little more special. Aww, that's sweet. And I don't, again, I don't think it's hard. I don't think it's expensive, um, necessarily, but I will have people that come in, you know, my desk like, Oh, your desk is so cute. Where did you get this stuff? 
Well, like those file folders I got at Target and those gold paper clips I got at yeah, Home Goods and that was a dollar and that was five dollars. You know, it wasn't expensive, but I, it's not like I sit on the computer and search for the cutest, most expensive file files I can find to put my papers in. I see something and pick it. So go ahead and if you see a little cute thing, a little cute container, pick it up and then put your hot chocolate in there next time somebody comes over or put your, you know, make it into your sugar bowl or, you know, I, you're at an antique store and you find a little something that you love. Well, put paper clips in it on your desk or, you know, don't think of like, just repurpose stuff. And, but I think part of it is if you pay attention and get collect things that you love and then figure out fun ways to use them, like functional things. I'm not big into just having things sit around for looks. Usually the things that are sitting around have a purpose in my house. <laughs> so in my grandma's old teacup that I love, my grandma's old teacup, you know, then yeah, I'm going to just not set that out on a shelf. Maybe, maybe I'm going to plant a little plant in it, or maybe I'm going to yeah keep paper clips in it or hair ties on my dresser, you know? So, and then you get um, to see it and you get to interact yeah. with it. And then when you're at home, you're like, Oh, like it's just, it's a way of making, even grabbing a hair tie remind you of your grandmother yeah. and, and just like a little more, like a special moment. And people come in and go and are amazed. They go, Oh, where did you get that? Well, it's just a teacup and I put some hair ties in it. It's not like, you know, yeah. but, it's, but it's that extra, it's that extra step of just you know, taking something ordinary and picking something that is a little cuter, like cute gold paper clips instead of, you know, your run of the mill, like cute gold mm-hmm. paper clips in a teacup instead of your run of the mill paper clips in the plastic thing from Staples that it came in. Right. You know, exactly. Exactly. Well, so one of the things that, um, you know, we, t- we've talked about this a little bit, but you are an amazing host and I have a bunch of questions about that. But, um, when people are getting ready to come to your house, what are some things you do to sort of set it up either in their room, you know, if you have, like, if people are coming to stay in your guest room, kind of, what do you do or what do you make sure you have? Um, and then even just sort of like in your living room or in your kitchen, what are, what's your sort of pre-guest routine? Well, I think for like overnight guests, it's really good to have a separate set of sheets and towels that you just kind of keep aside from your everyday stuff that you use so that it's, your towel, the towels are less used and they're, they stay more fluffy, you know, and the sheets, you know, the sheets are clean and nice and wash them, put some nice scented something on them and, um, then put them in a tub or, you know, keep them separate from your stuff. Um, so that those are the special guest things. Um, I think, it's nice to have out like you do and I do save out, save your hotel little shampoos and um, little cutesy soaps or whatever you get from hotels and put them in a little basket or something in the, in the guest bathroom. And so they have the little things that they need and it's cute. Put a candle and a, a just clip, go to the neighbor's yard and clip a couple <laughs> of their flowers <laughs> And stick them in a little vase and put them on their bedside table. And it's just like welcoming. Turn on the lights, spray the sheets with some, spray the bed with, you know, some kind of nice smelling. So they walk in and it smells nice. Have a place for them to put their bag. Like even if you drag in a chair from someplace so that you've got a, 
a place for them to put their stuff. And in the bathroom, if you're sharing the bathroom with them, even just clear off a little place for them to have their own stuff in the bathroom and set out a plastic, you know, a red solo cup or something for them to use. Just think through the practical things of what they, how they're going to live. And then I always say, you should always spend the night in your own guest room um, once. And so that, you know, oh, I need a light. There used to be a light here, or I like to sleep with my phone by the bed. So make sure that there's a, if there's not a, a plug in close, get an extension cord and run it over there. And so that they have a place to plug their phone in and <laughs> spend the night in your own guest room. And Rachel, my daughter, Rachel, your sister-in-law spent the night at a friend's house recently. And the mom had made up this really nice guest room in the basement. And as they all went to bed and Rachel's laying down there, she had bought a new comforter and she had new pillows and everything was really nice in this guest room. But, um, she started to hear this noise and come to find out her like heating vent or ductwork thing was right below the parents' room. And the dad was snoring <laughs> so loud that like Rachel couldn't sleep and it was coming straight down in the vent. So <laughs> she had to like move. She couldn't sleep um, through the night. So stuff like that. Like, is your guest room really hot? Is the bed really hard? You know, your pillows, do they stink? You know, just stuff like that. So if you spend the night in your own guest room, you'll know. You probably find out some of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I think that's a good oh, thing to do. That's funny. And I love the thing about, um, even just the, tr- the trick of turning on lights and lighting a candle. Like every time we come home, um, I feel like you have the, the light on and a candle lit by your bed. And that's doesn't that say welcome home? It like, does. Yes. Yeah. And it's just such a here. little, it's such a little, it's just such a little thing, but I've started it doing is. that. The one thing that we also did that turned out poorly is that, um, I got these little tiny frames, um, from like Michael's or something. And I had Carl, I have horrible handwriting in case all the women listening didn't know. Um, but I had yes, Carl. She, do. she does. <laughs> I really do. She does. It's really bad. Um, but I had Carl write like, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Here's the Wi-Fi password. And we put it in these cute little frames and we had them in the guest room. Well, we had some girls stay with us and they're like, Seth, what's the Wi-Fi password? And I was like, oh, it's right there. Um, we had changed it and forgot to uh, update that. We still haven't updated that. So <laughs> the wrong Wi-Fi password <laughs> in the guest room. That was a really good intention. It was a really that's, good thought. <laughs> that's a good thought. Well, so yeah, what about yeah. like when people are coming over just in your general space? So like cleaning up, lighting a candle you know, anything, anything else? Like, do you set out blankets or do you, yeah. What about sort of like living room, kitchen area? Yeah. Again, clean, <laughs> tight, tidy and scrub. Um, at least your guest, the, your, your guest bathroom and the surfaces that they're going to sit on, make sure things smell good. I think I love, I like candles, but n- only certain kind of candles. I'm not, you know, and if you're cooking, don't like candles. I mean, like candles that don't have a scent, let your cooking be the scent because there's nothing worse than like spaghetti sauce, garlicky, good oniony mixing with freshly washed linen candle. I mean, that's just gross. So don't, don't like candles. If you're, if you let your, your, let your 
scent of your cooking be your, your scent, um, that they meet. The only exception would be in the, you could put one in the bathroom in the guest bathroom, mm. a, a smelly candle, but I like good lighting and I like a tableau of music. I think that makes an atmosphere totally different when people come into your house and there's a little jazz playing or there's a little something in the background. I just think that sets a great mood. So don't forget music because that's a, it's a good thing. Um, that is so if you like turn off the overhead lights, turn on some lamps, light mm-hmm. a candle. I've been doing a lot of unscented candles, um, just cause I, I like lighting them and I go through them pretty quickly. So I just have been doing unscented mm-hmm. ones. Um, but like, so you have a little bit of flicker. Yeah. You have a good smelling one in the bathroom and you have some music on like that's put a fluffy blanket out and you're set. Right. Yeah. Some greet them with a good drink, some good wine or, you know, offer, have something else for the non-drinkers. That's equally fun. Um, if I have overnight guests, I think it's really nice to know ahead of time kind of what they're, what they like. If you're having guests to spend a couple of days with you, a couple of nights, get in, get in some of their favorite things, especially breakfast things. Cause you can go out for lunch or dinner maybe, but you know, if you got, if, if you know that they like almond milk and not cream or if they like bagels and strawberry cream cheese or what, you know, whatever their favorite breakfast thing is, I think that's really kind of nice for them to wake up in the morning and not have their first meal at your house be in the morning, be, you know, something that they don't like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they're allergic to, or yeah. yeah so this show is sponsored by better help. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, 
BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Something that you did when we were staying with you, when we were in California with you uh, last winter, and um, I woke up one morning and it smelled like really good coffee and like baked goods. And I was like, what has Kathy been doing? Like, what did you bake this morning? And I came out and you had put, you had gotten like a, I think just like a fruit, like a bowl of fruit salad, which you, I think you took out of the plastic bowl and put in like a pretty bowl. And then you had gotten like those, Pillsbury crescent rolls. Oh, crescent rolls. It was your friend. It was magical. So you, it smelled like you'd been baking forever. I ate probably four of them. You had like good special (laughs) jelly and they were warm. And then, you know, it was like fruits, fruit salad in a bowl. And that trick, I took it and it is now mine. Like that is, it's so, it feels so special first thing in the morning, but it was really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Warm. Get the Pillsbury jumbo. Crescent roll, the big ones, the big ones, and then get some good butter and a couple of fancy jellies. Oh my gosh. Wake up to, yeah, that's good. That's so good. It's magic. 
That's it so really good. is. Well, okay. So one of the things that I have loved that we've, um, like when I think of you and when I think of you hosting people, one of the things that I've really learned from you is that it doesn't have to be like fancy for it, for it to be good or that you don't have to create this really fancy meal in order to have people over. And, um, there's this like sort of infamous story in our house, which I know you know this, but <laughs> when Carl and I first got married, I couldn't cook anything. Like not one thing could I cook. Bless your heart. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and Carl, cause he can do everything absolutely could. And so he was teaching me and we were having friends over and, um, I felt like I wanted, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to be a good wife and be a good host and show off and all these things. And so I found this recipe for roast. Show up. <laughs> yeah. Fun to be fancy. My non-existent <laughs> cooking skills. Uh, I got a recipe for roasted red pepper soup and we didn't have a blender at the time, which apparently you need to make lots of different kinds of soup. And it was like 20 minutes before some friends came over and I had poured this steaming hot soup into little, um, what are they called? Uh, magic bullets, you know, that are supposed to like make smoothies yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I poured yeah. it into the big magic bullet thing. And right as Carl walked in and was like, Hey, do you want some help? Because he knew I didn't know what I was doing. I said, no. And I pushed down on the magic bullet. I got this. All of a sudden <laughs> hot soup exploded out of the magic bullet on the counter, under the cabinets, all over the floor, all over poor Carl Wilson. <laughs> and it, e, 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 <laughs> I know it did look like blood. I know. I mean, it was a disaster. I had totally like surpassed the fill line. I mean, I did not know what I was doing, uh, but one of the most freeing things. And I, I think that sometimes, you know, we've had friends over and we're so like frantic and, and hurried because we're trying to get all this food on the table. We can't really enjoy being with them. And the thing that changed my life forever was we had like, we were at your house and you were having some family over and we ordered, I'm pretty sure like either takeout Chinese or Olive Garden because we do mm -hmm. both of those. And it's mm -hmm. just something I wouldn't have expected from someone who I consider such a great host, but you taught me like, that's really okay. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I think usually when you invite people to your house, it's not because you want to have a gourmet meal with them. You can go out to some great restaurant if you want to do that. Usually the reason that you invite people over to your house is because you just want to hang out and spend good time with them. Now you can do both. I don't believe you should invite people over your house and then serve them really bad food. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it doesn't have to be fancy. And I, I would say do not cook something for the first time. Like try out a brand new recipe on on guests, <laughs> on unsuspecting, <laughs> innocent guests, <laughs> make something that you know how to make. And that it's really fine to perfect one thing. Like this is my go-to dish. I have a friend who has her mom's, um, she's Italian and she has her mom's meatball recipe. And so she makes these great meatballs and she makes them a lot that you go to her and you are hoping that she's going to make her meatballs. Um, if you're a baker, don't worry about making like a fantastic meal, make a great, like your dessert is going to be the great thing. Like, or perf just make your thing. Like my grandma's chicken and dumplings, you know, I've got her recipe down pat, but my favorite go-to recipe is probably just a baked pasta dish thing. And you can make it ahead of time, which I think is also really key 
to enjoying the evening and making it stress-free is make as much as you can do ahead of time, do ahead of time. You can make a, a pot, a pan of lasagna like a week ahead of time or a month and freeze it. But you, and then you throw it in the oven. There's no prepping. There's no, you know, your kitchen can be fairly clean. Then it's already done. You put it in the oven. It smells awesome. When people come in, throw in some garlic bread, make a great salad. Again, you can have that done ahead the morning of, and you're, you're golden. And then you can really hang out with your friends and everybody loves noodles and cheese and <laughs> <laughs> marinara sauce. So that's a, that's a good go-to is a pasta dish, but whatever it is, I think it's really, it's really helpful to be really good at, at one thing. And then you can kind of branch out and start making new things, but it's okay to just have your one go-to thing and make it ahead and, and everybody will love it. Um, I, the other thing is, is that I think if you're going to have a big party, I have to be, I have to make lists. And even Martha Stewart said the biggest thing that she learned from being in the kitchen was organization. She's not a naturally organized person, but she learned to be organized by entertaining. And I think thinking through your, your meal, like, what am I going to serve these breadsticks in? You know, I need a basket and I need a cute cloth to put in the basket and then I'll put the breadsticks and I'll cover it with it you know, and put that on the table and I'll make sure I have enough wine glasses because you don't want to be running out at, everybody's supposed to be there at six o'clock and you're running out at five 30 because you don't have enough wine glasses, you know? So think through it, make lists, start planning, be organized, and you'll just enjoy it so much. But the more you can do ahead of time, even set your table the day before, if you want, and then you'll know if you have enough glasses or not, and you'll have a little more, you know, a little longer if you're doing a big old thing. But also, it's okay to have pizza or yeah, carry out. And then say, we're not focusing on the food tonight, but then play games, you know, have, do something else, make it about the fun and the laughter and the music and the stuff, not about the food. So I think no matter what, enjoy your people. One of the things that drives me nuts is when you're at somebody's house dinner thing and they start cleaning up while you're all talking and you can do it kind of quietly, but if you've been sitting around the table for an hour, then okay, you can clean, start cleaning up, but let the, let it go. You know, let the conversation go and just sit there and enjoy and listen to people and don't worry about cleaning up and doing the dishes, jumping up from the table, you know, have a, enjoy your people. Really I like, like I like game. I like game nights. I like having something sort of an activity fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that was so freeing for me because, you know, I have learned to cook a lot more. I can actually feed myself and Carl occasionally. Now, um, I haven't exploded anything in the kitchen lately. Um, but at the same time, I think I just, it's not my, it's not my best thing. It's not my, it's not my gift. Having gathering people is my thing, but I think it, I thought you couldn't do one without the other. And I think that you, like you've showed me that you can, that you can gather, gather your people and order pizza, or you can gather your people and order some Thai food or something like that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel like I'm really good at the before and the after, like I can make dessert or I can make a killer cheese board. I can make sure we have really good drinks, like really fun, fun ones, but it's like the main meal 
I need, I need some help with that. Otherwise I'm going to be frantic in the kitchen and I'm going to miss all the time with the people. Um, so I feel like that was really freeing for me. You know, another thing is I like bars, you know, like the hot chocolate bar Mm -hmm. and, and it's cousin, the mimosa bar and the bloody Mary bar, (laughs) (laughs) but also like just do a salad bar or do a, um, pasta bar and have a couple different sauces like an Alfredo and you know, taco bar. And then people can get up and they can get what they want. And it's not like, and you can even, when people say, what can I bring? Say, bring your favorite taco topping, bring your favorite salad bar or salad topping thing, or, you know, and they can participate. And that could be really fun too. And again, less, a little less formal, a little more, you know, interactive mm-hmm. and, and not as it's just not all about making creme brulee and Chateaubriand, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I haven't made that lately. So it uh, <laughs> slipped out of my mind. Um, so I, I love this. And, um, when I think about you hosting, I mean, there are so many, I have so many memories of like just moments and gathering around the table with people. And that's something you do so well. But my favorite, if I had to pick one is the, is the tradition that we've come up with for the last several years for Thanksgiving. And I think, you know, if for, for the women in our community who are married or who are, you know, about to get married or thinking about getting married or have siblings that are married, like, you know, that when you combine when you, when you get married, all of a sudden holidays get hard because instead of just getting to go home for Thanksgiving and Christmas or doing whatever your family was used to doing now, all of a sudden you're attached to a person who also wants to do that. And you have to figure that out. And this is complicated and hard in each family and for all different reasons. But one thing that I really love that, that you've done and that my family's done is that you guys opened up your Thanksgiving to my family and my family said yes. And so for the last, um, four years, three years, four years, three years, three years. Um, I don't know the whole, I mean, the whole time we've, we've been married, however long that is, we, (laughs) okay. It hasn't been that long. Um, we, my family has flown out from Denver and, and stayed with you guys in Indianapolis for several days and we've done Thanksgiving together and, and it's been so special. Can you talk a little bit about like what your thought process was? That's, it's just an unusual thing that we've, have gotten to do. Well, I am so thankful for that little tradition that we are doing, but, um, cause Thanksgiving is our big holiday. It's Rob Wilson's favorite holiday and we make a big deal about Thanksgiving. And then, I mean, I love Christmas too, but Christmas is harder to coordinate. I don't know. It's just more complicated. Thanksgiving is just more simply about sharing time together, I think. But I am so grateful that your family started coming here and hanging out so that we didn't have to share you. We could all be together. (laughs) We didn't have to share you across that weekend. And they have just, you know, it's been added fun and festivity to the whole Thanksgiving thing. I think, I think that it's cool when you, you have traditions that you start and then everybody knows kind of what their role is. So my role is to host and you guys is, you know, your family comes in and adds to the fun and like Zach and Lily, that's our other son and daughter-in-law. We have another one besides Carl and stuff. Then, um, her dad is wanting to host 
family game night one night of the things you know, so maybe that'll start as his tradition or I just, I love traditions. And so I think what it finds something that works, I'm just glad that we found something that worked for, for our family at Thanksgiving. It's really been awesome. Um, I love, I love having people in and, and showing them around where Carl grew up and so that they get to know Carl a little bit better, I think, by coming here and hanging in his old hometown and going bowling and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's really, it's something I didn't know. I uh, honestly, I don't remember how we decided to do it. And I know that, you know, when, before we were married, I, no part of me was like, oh, this is possible. Like combine your holidays. I was like, well, okay, I guess now we split. And I don't know, I don't know what, I, I don't remember what that conversation was like for us to say, for you to say, like, we want to invite you. And for my parents to say, okay, like, we're going to do that. You know, um, those are big asks on either side. And, um, and it's not like you guys live down the street, you know, it's a plane ride. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a big commitment on their part. I'm so happy, but it's, it's really, it is so cool because, you know, we were like, I, I was with my family a couple of weeks ago and they, we were joking about like the murder mystery party we had at Thanksgiving two years mm-hmm. ago. And I mean, just, it's so fun for them to have experiences with you and yeah, for them to get to know Carl better and for you to know my sister and for just, it's, it's very, very cool when, when we can combine families like that. And I know that it's, it's not always possible. And so I I like what you said a lot about traditions and it's cool because I think we feel like traditions need to start when we're really young or a long time ago. But I think that, you know, if you don't like the way that you're family does Christmas, or if you wish that there was more connection at Thanksgiving or whatever, like it's never too late to start a tradition. And even if it's something you start and invite your friends into, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I think we can always, we can always start something new. And I I think we forget that when it comes to traditions, we feel like they need to have started. Someone else needs to have started them and they need to happen a long time ago, but I don't think that's true. And there are little threads of things that did start a long time ago that carry through and you can carry through a little thread like grandma's chicken and dumplings that my grandma made, you know, or I still serve. So, but it doesn't have to be the exact same thing that we did for the last 50 years. Yeah. It's okay to, to shape and mold your traditions and create new ones. Yeah. Well, so well, you can still give a nod or an honor to some of the old ones too. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be either or for sure. But if you're like, man, I wish my family had more traditions. Like, I think we can make them. <laughs> yeah. One thing that, that we, you know, kind of speaking of like starting something or carrying something on, um, we were, Carl and I were, um, at your house for some reason. I don't remember why we were there and it was the last small group meeting or small, like small group time that your small group was having before two of your, like one of the couples moved away. And we were sort of like awkwardly there, um, like eating, (laughs) eating the food and like hanging out in the kitchen and trying to stay out of the way and stuff. But I remember you, you guys were all hugging and taking photos and, and you looked over at me and, and you were like, do this. Like you mouthed, do this (laughs) at me. And I think that, you know, we, so Zach and Lily, Carl's brother and our sister-in-law got married this summer and all of your small group was there and you guys were all taking photos and, um, and you guys have been meeting together for 30 years, right? Is that- mm-hmm. Carl was, Carl was like one, one and a half, maybe when we first started meeting. Yeah. 
I think that, you know, we do talk about friendship a lot and, you know, around here and we talk about how to make new friends in new seasons and that can be really tricky. And we talk about how to maintain friendships when you're going through, through different seasons and friendships can be hard as an adult. But I think that getting to see the way that your friendships, getting to see, getting to talk to people who have known Carl since he was one and, you know, getting to see you guys celebrate <laughs> the weddings of all of your kids, um, is so special. And I feel like just casts a vision for what can happen if we start today. And like that quote really is true a year from now, you will wish you had started today. And I kind of feel like 30 years from now, you'll, mm-hmm. we'll wish we had started today. Can you give us like any just encouragement when it comes to friendships or, um, any like, how did you guys do that? Just kind of any, any words of wisdom for us when it comes to like how we do that in our lives. I feel so blessed that I have the the long-term friends that I have, that we have. And my, my girls, my just chicks, small group and, um, and our couples small group. And we have both of those groups. I've been together for a long, long time. And I think there was just a lot of connection points when we started out, we had kids the same age. We went to the same church. Our faith was a big part of it. We met regularly. We were committed. And I think that's a big part is, is the commitment part, just showing up. And I know you and I have talked about that. There's, there's some times when you just don't want to go, you're tired or it's the end of the week. And you're like, Oh, I just want to put on my pajamas and curl up but you go and then you're so glad you went and like, Oh yeah, these are my people. You can't, you just can't sit at home and watch, you know, binge watch Grey's Anatomy all weekend and then expect to have and great friends. <laughs> um, when you've been invited to three different places and you say, no, I got things and you just stay at home. I mean, it's okay to do that every like couple times a year, just hold up in your house. But really, you got to go out and show up and, and be there, have the conversations and listen to the stories and share tears and share joys and be in person. You just have to be there in person with people. I think when we started, we were a small group from church, um, like a Bible study group. And when we first started, we just met at church on Sundays and we had our little small group and we did, um, very deep, heavy duty theological, you know, we solved all the world's problems. And, but then we got to know each other. We started meeting each other's homes and hanging out. Um, and our kids would come in and out sometimes. But then I think one of the biggest things was we, we started having fun together. We went on a vacation together. We, had a game night. So we weren't just talking about deep things all the time. And we had one type of relationship. We branched out. We started having, adding different, you know, dimensions to our relationships. And, um, that was important. And now, you know, we still are going on vacations together and we just, you know, we have showers for each other's kids that are getting married and we're, we still get together and have really really deep discussions. We have a lot of intellectual people in our group, but then we play cards, you know, so, and we have a really, really cutthroat competitive people in the group. But yeah. And the other thing is, I think we have been pretty good at 
giving each other a lot of grace and nobody gets, nobody gets our panties in a wad too much about anything. You know, you just kind of let things slide and you don't overthink and you don't take things too personally. And you, you know, you just kind of just be grace, just very graceful with each other. And you don't try to correct or I don't know, just let things go. Cause I know groups that have, you know, they, something happens and somebody gets mad at somebody else. And the next thing you know, it's just done. So that would, that would be sad if something like that happened to our group. I'm really grateful that we, we've given each other space to mess up or say things and not get all dramatic about it. I think, um, I'm really glad that you said that at the beginning, you guys would have really deep theological conversations and, and that, that you still do, but it's also a little bit different than how it is today. And I think that that's a really important thing that like how a small group or a friendship starts isn't going to be how it's going to end up necessarily. Like it'll evolve. And I think the thing is that sometimes we join a group or we make a friend and we think, well, this person doesn't feel the same as the friends I've known for 10 years, or this small group doesn't look like us laughing and crying and braiding each other's hair. I mean, like whatever we have in our head, it doesn't look like that at the beginning, but it's not going to look like that at the beginning. It's kind of awkward at first and you can't really remember anybody's name, but you keep showing up, even though you want Mm -hmm. to watch Grey's Anatomy, you keep showing up and, (laughs) and, and really beautiful things start to happen when you show up, you know, every week for, for a long time. The other thing that I, I wanted to say is that, you know, I think we've all been in small groups that haven't gone super well or that have been kind of awkward or, or, you know, we've, we've had friendships sort of fizzle out. And I think that it's tempting for us to want to just quit and just say, I don't like small groups or they, they're, that's not a good way for me to make friends. Or, you know, I just, I have a hard time making friends. I'm just not really going to try. But I think just like with anything, they're not all going to be good, but just because they're not all good, that doesn't mean that they're all bad. And it's, and it's worth trying. It's worth trying again and trying something else and sticking it out for a while. And, and if it's not that giving it a different try, um, when it comes to joining a group or, or connecting with people. Yeah. You know, another thing I think is getting to know people in a small group one-on-one is helpful because we're different in groups than we are one-on-one. And so, I think it's good to go have lunch with just one, you know, one, if you're in a small group, go to coffee or go to lunch with one on one, um, of the members of your group and get to know them as they are individually. You can have a little more time to talk about who they are, where they've been, you know, what their hopes and dreams are. And, and don't just rely on that group dynamic of what happens in the group to make you decide whether, you want to stay or you want to, you want to go. I think that's, I love that. It's the deciding whether to stay or to go. Um, the first small group I joined in Nashville for the first, maybe six months, it felt awkward to me. And I didn't feel like I really knew anybody. And every Monday night I wouldn't want to go. And I, I first really, I stuck it out because I had no other friends and I had really no option. Um, <laughs> I was so, lonely. I was lonely. And so I stuck it out, but it was amazing because really, truly six months in something switched and we ended up really like connecting and laughing and hanging out outside of small group. And, um, and it's just, I think that sometimes we quit too soon. 
you know, yeah. it took, I mean, it took six months, but those six, six months were worth it. And I think yeah. like if I have, and Kath, I want to hear from you just as we're wrapping up, I would love to hear just one last piece of encouragement from you, um, for the girls listening or a challenge of some kind. But the challenge for me is going to be that, you know, there are all different kinds of ways of, of connecting with people and making friends. But I think one of the most overlooked ones is small groups or Bible studies through church. I I know that a lot of the women in our community aren't in one. And I know for a long time, I mean, there've been long seasons in my life where I haven't been in one either. There are people that work for churches all over your city, whose job it is to connect people that are in similar (laughs) stages of life and and your same age that believe the same things that you do. Their job is to cultivate community. And all we have to do is find out what night they meet and show up for a while. And I think that that's like, you know, if you are feeling any sort of disconnected or lonely or wishing you had better friends right now, my challenge for you is, you know, as you know, it might be another month or Mm -hmm. so before a new round of small groups starts up at your church, but, um, find a church and find a small group and Mm -hmm. get in it. And, and really, Mm -hmm. if you show up and you show up for a while, you will not feel as disconnected as you do today. So that's my challenge. Do you have one last bit of encouragement or a challenge for the women listening, whether it has to do with life or friendship or hosting or making a home for yourself (laughs) or just any sort of wisdom, drop it on us. It is a hot chocolate bar anyway. Um, (laughs) That's what everyone really really is asking. (laughs) That's what the world wants to know. I think one of the things I would say is you asked me recently who is inspiring me recently or right now. And um, you said, hopefully it will be it would be somebody that I, you could follow or your listeners could follow on social media or whatever. And I got to thinking about it and there are some great inspirational people out there, um, doing big things, but who really inspires me right now is like my friend, Amy, who is the world's best children's pastor. I mean, she goes out of her mind doing incredible things to make Jesus real for little kids. Or my friend, Jana, who has run this women's Bible study for years and years and years. And she is so encouraging and she just gets us together and she presents great material. Or my friend T who goes to the nursing home every Wednesday and like loves on old people. I mean, there are people all around me and there's not, it's not that you can follow them. They're people that I live with and my community that I've come to love and know. And I would say if, if you're, if the only people that are inspiring you right now are people that are on your phone, then you need to go find some more. There, there are, there are inspirational women all around you that you can talk to in real life that you can actually have a relationship with and, and love and get loved by. So I would, I would hope that y'all would cultivate relationships with the people that are the amazing women that are just doing ordinary kind of life things in extraordinary ways that are right in your own backyard. Probably church, if it's at work, if it's, it's some place you volunteer at, you know, go, go be inspired by, by those women. I love that. I think one of the, I I saw um, a message from one of our listeners recently, and she said, she talked about how much she's enjoyed the podcast, which makes me so happy because I enjoy it so much too. But she said, one of the things she said is that 
not only does she enjoy listening to the conversations, but that these conversations, the things she hears end up sparking conversations with her real life girlfriends at their girls night or, you know, at their next coffee date. And that's, that's the most important thing. It, our, our relationships can't live online. They, they can start there. I've made all kinds of friends in crazy ways like Instagram, but they don't, that's not, that's not where they live. That's not the best place for them to live. They have to be people who can come over and who can eat Olive Garden at your table that you've <laughs> set nicely and yeah. um, <laughs> with a candle in the bathroom. And I mean, it's, it's the, it's the in-person relationships that matter most. And they're really hard to make and they're really scary to make, but I think showing up and starting start with a small group, you, you don't, it could turn into you making one friend that's, introduces you to a great friend. It, it could be practice, um, or it could be a group of people that you're still meeting with 30 years from now. You just, you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kathy, thank you so much for letting me talk you into this. <laughs> um, I really, I um, talk stuff. <laughs> I, well, I mean, listen, we had to Good record meeting. one of them. <laughs> Good meeting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for caring about our generation as much as you do. You do a really good job of setting a great example for us and teaching us and loving us and cheering us on. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. I love you. You're amazing. I love you. You guys, isn't Kathy the best? I just love her and I love this conversation and I'm so happy y'all got to meet her. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked a lot about friendship in this episode, and if you're looking for a way to connect more deeply and more intentionally with the women in your life, make sure to check out my friendship small group guide. Kathy actually went through it with her small group that she's been meeting with for 30 years, and they said that they learned so much about each other, even still, through going through the guide together. It's a six-week guide that will help new friends feel like old friends, and old friends truly feel like best friends. We'll make sure to link to the guide and everything else we talked about in today's episode in our show notes page. Today on our show notes, you can find that at stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. All right, friends, that's it. We've officially reached the end of season four, but before we go, I wanted to just take a second to say thank you. I cannot even begin to tell you guys how much I've enjoyed having these girls nights with you. Thank you so much for being here for listening, for sharing about the show, for the sweet messages you've sent me over on Instagram, for the amazing reviews you've left over on iTunes. My heart is totally overflowing. I have loved getting to connect with you guys in this way. I'm going to really miss hanging out each week, but I promise we will be back for a whole new season in January, and I'm so excited about it. In the meantime, if there are episodes of Girls' Night you haven't checked out yet, make sure to give them a listen. We make sure that there's something for everybody in each episode, and I know that you'll love getting to hear from all of the wonderful guests we've had on so far. The other thing is that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to do that today. That way you'll be the very first to know when we come back with more episodes. And if you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick few seconds to leave a rating and a review about how you've liked our girls' nights so far. So many of you have left five-star ratings with the sweetest reviews, and it just means the world to me. Also, it's been so helpful in helping the podcast grow. iTunes takes those ratings and those reviews super seriously. It makes the biggest difference. And so if you haven't had a chance to review the show yet, would you do me a huge, huge favor and leave a quick rating and a review before we sign off for the holidays? It would be the best early Christmas present to me, truly. Friends, thank you so much again for listening, for joining us here at Girls' Night. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas, and I'll see you back here in January.